Sisters, welcome to the seventh episode of the Mucus Free Life podcast. You're listening to myself and Brother Air playing at the 2019 Comfest Fire Music Project. There's a little remix in there. I uh, threw in a little uh, Mucus Free. Uh, we are Mucus Free in there uh, for for fun, but. Uh, I'm really happy that you're here. We have a wonderful show for you uh, in a little bit. We have a great guest. I'm going to bring out uh, Miss Dylan Keg, and she will be one of the speakers at the Eric Day Celebration, which is going to be July 27th and 28th in Columbus, Ohio at the Whetstone Park of Roses. On Saturday, we'll be in the Shelter House, and on Thursday, we will be uh, in the park, so uh, somewhere. But I wanted to show you real quick. Uh, get your tickets right now because uh, time is, is, is coming down. And you want to get these tickets while I still have the uh, early bird pricing going on. So uh, you can take advantage of that. Uh, check out the link below. You can go and you know I've talked about all this before. I got some transfer transportation information and uh, all that good stuff that I put on here, uh, so that you can know where you're going and some stores and eateries and we have a, a vegan restaurant and a couple things around here. So uh, really excited. One thing I wanted to show you. So this is early on. Uh, we're still tweaking the schedule, but right about now, what we're looking at is uh, I give my presentation, uh, sharing Eric's message with the world, uh, to Cora Tafari, mucus-free child care, uh, Brother Air, the art of living the mucusless diet. Uh, then we have Johnny Gonzalez, health, movement, and vitality on the mucusless diet. Then uh, Dylan Keg, Earthships, Sustainable Living, and Our Vision of an Arid Village. Then we're going to have a panel Q&A, panel discussion Q&A with all the feature, featured speakers. Then uh, Michael Adam Fathauer, who we had on the show last week, will be doing a quick Makers Free food prep demonstration. And he is the chief chef for the event and uh, helping put all of the food together that will be a part of the Mucus Free uh, Era Day celebration, and then we have uh, the supper and socializing with uh, John and Vibe Man Davis. Going to be doing a little little playing during that period. Then we have performance of Professor Spira, Brother Air, and the Fire Music Project, which will be uh, rounding out the evening on Saturday. Then on Sunday, we're calling that "Do What the Spirits Say Do." And it's kind of a freeform day where folks can spend time with me and Brother Air, Takora, other mucus-free community members in an informal kind of setting and situation. And uh, there's other activities that we can do. This, if there's we can, as a consensus as a group, we decide, hey, let's let's go on a nature walk. Let's 
uh, let's make some music, let's do yoga, uh, different people talk about different topics they might want to talk about. Uh, one thing I've always wanted to do is maybe visit a local store, uh, there's a couple stores close by, we could take a field trip to the store and uh, we could go through the produce section and kind of show how I, you know, but brother, because I learned a lot from Brother Air when he took me to uh, the supermarket and just the way that he looked at things, just the way that he walked through the supermarket, look at, inspect fruit. You know, I just learned a lot just observing that. So I think that's something that, that other folks might benefit from as well, just hanging out. Uh, in the supermarket and talking, looking at labels, you know, just that kind of stuff. There's a lot to be learned, I think, going through that process. So we'll see. That might happen, might not. It is a free-form day, but we have that, that time set aside so that we can have some inf more informal kind of discussions and hanging out because, as you can see, Saturday is pretty filled up. We'll still be talking and, and that kind of thing, but it's, it's going to be a lot of just making sure we uh, deal with the agenda and everything, but we want to definitely have time to just hang out, just have conversations, get to know everybody. And uh, so Sunday is serving as that day. So hope that you can come. Uh, just right now, like I said, we still got the early bird tickets happening. Go on ahead and hook that up. Just uh, get your ticket right now, get your travel plans in order, and uh, come on down because you do not want to miss this celebration. This is going to be, uh, this is going to be beautiful. In a world where people needlessly die of preventable illnesses, one man's vision offers hope to humankind. Order Professor Arnold Arendt's annotated, revised, and edited mucusless diet healing system today. simplistic that i mean that's that's simple man right, you know right. get a little sun breathe a little air right <laughs> you know that's that's as free get, as you get, can get get down tonight that's a yeah, get, down. <laughs> get a little sun breathe a little air get down tonight get, get down, down tonight, tonight. <laughs> get a little sun Breathe a little air. Get, Get down, down tonight. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get no better than that. Right. Welcome back to the Mucus Free Life podcast. And I am very excited to have a wonderful, wonderful guest. I'd like to introduce you to Dylan Kegg, who is a experienced Earthship biotexture engineer, world-class face and body painting artist, freelance visual artist and designer, yoga instructor, former associate professor at Grenfeld Campus, uh, Memorial University and practitioner of the Mucus's Diet. She attended the Earthship Biotexture Academy and received training from the uh, architectural innovator and visionary Michael Reynolds. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Dylan Keg. What is going on? Hi, 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 hi. Nice to see you. Yes, Thank yes. You. And uh, it looks looks pretty out there where you are. It looks like the weather is doing doing good job today. Stunning, gorgeous. Halifax is um, not letting me down. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. New to this place, and uh, I'm really enjoying the weather. I have to say. Okay, <laughs> and so you're uh, so Halifax in in, in Canada, and mm -hmm. now what? So where are you originally from? From an island the size of France, uh -huh. way off the coast of Canada, out in the middle of the North Atlantic. It's called Newfoundland. It's mm. basically a rock. It's yeah. like 500,000 people on the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild out there. It's rugged. It's raw. It's uh, phenomenal. It's, uh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, we are very excited to have you coming to Arid Day celebration. To remind everybody, Arid Day is July 27th and 28th here in Columbus, Ohio, at the Whetstone Park of Roses. Saturday will be in the Shelter House, and then on Sunday is we're calling that do what the spirits say do <laughs> where we'll probably meet at the whetstone park of roses but there'll be kind of a community consensus as to everything that we do if people want to sit and talk with me and brother air informally we can do that if we want to go on a nature hike we can do that if we want to go to a store and i've always kind of wanted to do that take a group of people to a store and just walk around in the produce section and show people how I select fruit and stuff, you know, we can do that, you know, so it'll just be one of those uh, kind of free, free form days. But on Saturday, Dylan is going to be doing a presentation on uh, Earthship Biotexture and uh, talk a little bit about our vision for an Eret village. So uh, tell us just a little bit about your experience, what got you into being interested in biotexture and maybe tell people what that is because that's a new word a lot of people don't know what that never heard that so uh, yeah what's what's how'd you get into that wow got a lifetime <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh that was a huge evolution of mm. um when I really, really thought about all of the things that I was capable of doing mm -hmm. and all the things that really lit me up and made me excited to get out of bed in the morning, mm -hmm. full of purpose. Um, I kept picturing myself full of mud and creating these giant sculptures of colored light uh, out of these glass bottle walls. Mm. It's beautiful. Beautiful walls. Yeah, that's how I discovered Earthships. Was um, mm. I saw this image online of these glass bottle walls. Yeah, and I got sucked in and I started learning all about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been into health and wellness for my whole life. I've been into architecture my whole life, design, art, all of these things. I've been into um, sharing experiences with other people. I'm very uh, group orientated. I like working with teams. And um, I've always wanted to create a community that would help share health and wellness and mm, mm. explore what humanity was really capable of. And, uh, you know, this seemed like the perfect, um, at the time, the perfect solution, architecturally speaking. Mm. I mean, just having done the academy and everything, I can say they work. They really work. Yeah. Biotexture is just a term um, that Michael Reynolds came up with. See, they actually took his, his architectural degree away from him. Mm, mm. Oh, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> and he didn't really care because he's just like, I'm going to do stuff that makes sense. I, if you guys are going to take, you know, forever to catch up with me, mm -hmm. that's 
Because I mean, a lot of the codes that are out there mm. are, how can I say this? They're keeping us sick rather than keeping us safe. Mm-hmm. And um, so he kept doing what he was doing uh, the safest he could and trying to prove that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people from around the world came to experience what he does. And um, biotexture, unlike architecture, is inclusive of life, bio. Um, it, this kind of architecture lives and breathes and moves with, with you and with everything around it. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's not separate from, the, from you or your body or your health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I, um, <laughs> what folks was looking at real briefly, I did a few pictures, just a quick search of, of earth ships and, uh, show just, just a couple pictures of some earth ships. And, uh, when I first learned about them years ago, I, I, it just made sense to me immediately when I just saw some, in the early early days of youtube i think it's something passed by or an article or something and it explained what it was was the use of natural resources to make these structures that are even stronger than the things that we make now uh normally and everything is off the grid self-sustaining that kind of thing and i was like what you know this that that's what i'm talking about that makes sense uh, is a lot of people they they're dreaming of, uh, you know, I, I want a mansion, I want this, and I want you know, I'm like man, I want an Earth ship. That's what I, you know. That's that's what I want. I don't, you know, that makes all the sense in the world to me. There was before Earth ship, I used to go to a, 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 a Crohn's Conservatory, uh, uh, you know, a plant conservatory, and they had these it was just always warm in there and it was nice you know this i was just like man i could i could live in this and then when earth ships came i was like oh well that's like yeah that's that's kind of the actual version that's easy even better to live in and uh, and so uh so we won't talk too much about the earth ships today because uh, you're going to be talking a lot about that at the at the Arid Day, as well as like some of the visions and the plans, as I mentioned uh, there. But uh, so, and how long did you study uh, study with with Michael and his his crew? Um, specifically, the academy started in September a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. They're doing an intensive with them for a month. Mm-hmm. And so we would spend uh, one day in classroom, one day on sites, and those sites would be varied depending on what was on the go. And mm-hmm. I was in Taos, New Mexico, so I got to see things that were happening current, but mm-hmm. I also got to see and live and visit things that have been evolving for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Very informative. Highly recommend doing the academy in Taos, New Mexico, mm-hmm. but wherever you can. Right. So then, um, I don't know if I impressed some people or what, but I got offered on a, a dream job. I couldn't believe it. Um, Michael's right hand man <laughs> convinced me it was a great idea to all by myself now uh-huh. <laughs> do uh, an inc- incredible glass wall. Um, Cause I've been studying with the, the bottle whisperer mm. Heather there mm. um, as much as I could um, at a great location, which meant a lot to me. There's a couple of Kundalini yoga teachers in the area and they're masters and they had an ownership. But they were expanding, mm-hmm. and so I got asked to create the bottle wall that's right in the middle when you enter. Mm-hmm. 
that was my next project with them. Yeah. And it took me um, in through October into November, and then I had to uh, pack up and leave because I was doing my field studies in Indonesia mm. on the other side of the world. Yeah. And I was supposed to uh, basically head that whole area of bottle walls um, for that first wave into Indonesia, which was a really special project because um, Earthships had been hoping to have a, a location for a long time where they could really exhibit what was possible mm, uh, start mm. to finish. This was a whole island dedicated to just building Earthships wow. and living um, in Earthships. So from start to finish, it was, it was quite an honor. So uh, I did all that, and it was a wild, wild ride. Uh, mm. That's September through into December, mm -hmm. uh, specifically. It was incredible. Yeah. It was, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it sometimes when I think about it. I mean, I camped most of the time, although I stayed in um, the castle when I was there for uh -huh. my first month. So, uh, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, because I think I came across a, a, a old GoFundMe page that you where you were raising yeah. money for <laughs> the tuition and you know getting it going, and you had the, the videos where you're like, "This is my dream. I'm doing this, you know." And I think the support. I was like, "Oh, that's cool," you know. And um, uh, so yeah, so that's yeah, that's that's really. I mean, it's just <clears throat> the whole a whole next level. People don't even understand. It's just because. Uh, I mean, a lot of people still don't—they don't even know who Earthship is yet, and uh, and then if they do, they they don't necessarily connect it to a vision of a real future, you know, of sustainable living. And when combined with the mucus's diet, it's that's that's the direction, as far as I'm concerned. That's the direction that society needs to go in because it makes sense. Uh, you know, we don't need to go, you know, if you want to go back to the woods and do some kind of a primitive life, you can do that now. You know, you can do that now and just try to live off the land, all that kind of stuff. But uh, like I said in another video, I'm not anti-technology. I think we can use technology in a way to transition humanity back to a more natural kind of situation, a more natural life. And so I think it makes sense. Uh, I mean, it makes sense that humans, if we build something, if you go f up f far enough away, it should look cool because the ants build stuff and that looks cool and bees build things and that looks cool. We should, our stuff should not look like cancer. <laughs> like these, <laughs> when you, you know, you go in the, the Google map and you look at what the city, uh, our city looks like. It's not cool looking. It's like this big old tumor on, on the earth, you know, and so we should be making cool things that don't hurt the earth. And so, uh, so yeah, so I'm excited about, <clears throat> about getting deeper into that. Now, uh, tell me a little bit about your, uh, your, your professor of what, what, what were you teaching at, at the college? Yeah, that was incredible. Um, so I went to this phenomenal uh, school. I was accepted into a place called the National Theater School of Canada. Mm. Uh, they're based out of Montreal, Quebec. They're one of the top three schools in the world for wow. design for theater, film, and television. Um, I got wrangled into working on some sets when I was in high school, thinking I was going to go and, and be a, 
an artist in my studio, but mm. I wasn't really enjoying being alone all the time. Mm. And I got on these sets, hanging out with these folks, making all this big magical stuff happen. Yeah. Like there was no limit as far as I could tell back then. Mm-hmm. I know back now, but there was no limit. That was the biggest thing I'd ever worked on. And mm. whatever we made came from our imaginations, but one thing would be made to look like something else. So there's magic involved, kind of trickery, foolery mm-hmm. involved. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of play involved behind the scenes in theater, film, and television. And I, yeah. I really enjoyed the um, collaborative nature of working with people because that's it, man. We just, we inspire each other when we get going when we're talented and when we're excited and passionate, like it just, it gets explosive in a room sometimes. Yeah. So I got accepted to that school. I, I graduated. <laughs> I was one, one of only eight people in my class, um, attending and we all graduated, but it was tough. Yeah. And, um, I had worked with some people back in Newfoundland who at the university who, uh, who were impressed with me even at an early age when I was still in school. And um, I'd been out of school a couple of years working in, in, in that career. And they invited me to be basically guest instructor for the year while mm. the main uh, normal costume slash set designer was away mm. on sabbatical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was amazing. I mean, I was in my, my mid-20s. Yeah. And some of the students were older than me. <laughs> <laughs> so it took a while to kind of establish... Um, yeah, well, I, I yeah, I, I can relate to you there. I know what that's about. <laughs> that's it, man. When you know what you're talking about, people, yeah, people know you know what you're talking about. And, right, um, right. And it was just, it was really, it was really wild and fun. We had a great time uh, doing all kinds of shows together, and me and the and the students and the staff, and uh, it was a, a fantastic gig. I really enjoyed it. It was tough though, too. I still, I've always been a really kind of. Um, I like to do really good work. Mm-hmm. I like to do really, really good work. Yeah. And uh, so that's part of, of what I've been working on later in life, is how to balance that almost obsessive compulsiveness. Right. How can I use that? How can I funnel that instead mm. of it letting, letting it ride me? Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, an amazing job. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's... It's coast of Canada next to Marble Mountain, one of the most beautiful ski resorts ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, yeah. So were you, so had you worked, were you working on movies and shows that, that got, that, that we would know about or that, that got out there? Is there stuff in Canada or, 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 or are you not allowed to talk about it? Is it, you know, do you yeah, sign, sign a going. contract or it's like, oh, no, dis- no disclosure? too much into to the resume because I find it, it it triggers my ego a lot to really oh. be like well I did this and I know this person and I no 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 right um, <laughs> but let's just say what I found interesting about the career was that um, the higher up I got mm-hmm. um, this isn't this isn't across the board for absolutely every person I met there's, there's always going to be amazing people no mm-hmm. matter where you go right but the higher up I got the more my surroundings became incredibly um, suffocating mm. and the more unhealthy my life got mm. um, nobody seemed to really be happy mm. everybody was working 16 and 18 hour days yeah yeah, yeah. had the emotional or mental intelligence to really understand how or why they got into that situation or what mm. they were still doing and so I'm all about art and I'm all about expression I mean obviously but it's right. um, I had to uh, I had to leave I was not healthy, and uh, 
yeah, I'm really glad I did. I mean, I'll always be part of that world. Right. But, uh, yeah, I'm really glad I left. I, I went on a big adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I basically we, said, okay, all of the time and energy that I put into a show, which yeah. just, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's amazing how much energy one person could put into something when they really put their mind into it. But if I put all of that time and energy into me instead of something outside of me, mm-hmm. if I become the, my author of my show, mm. then what could happen? <gasps> and I just got really um, excited <laughs> with that idea. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and everything changed. I mean, it took a while to kind of, I kept getting stuff back in right. for many reasons, but eventually the break finally happened and I stopped associating myself as a designer for film, theater, and television. I stopped introducing myself as mm. that. I stopped mm. making my whole life about that and mm. I began to just really discover um, what else there is and who, what I am really truly. I mean, mm. Mm. It was painful. It was like a death, actually. But yeah, you know, the phoenix, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, and that's and, and that's the kind of stuff that me and brother Air listen for. We're talking to people to see how serious they are about whatever it is they're into in the life, because that tends to be what mucusless diet practitioners go through, or folks that go down the health path. But oftentimes, artists also, you know, just just as well it's that type of attitude are you going to do what you want to do are you going to let the markets and the culture and all these other things dictate to you uh what you do and sometimes you have really tough decisions to make and it's in the hardcore we in the (laughs) the vernacular here in the states we would say you know the, the the real I can't, that's a cuss word, I won't say that, but the real folks, <laughs> you know, that's the fo- that's the people that's going to make that type of decision of uh, saying, okay, no, nah, like, this is cool, but I'm going down this road, I'm, this is, this is more in essence with who I am and what I want to accomplish, and, um, it's really nice when one can make that decision consciously, um, a lot of us are forced into it because of health reasons, like, yeah. just, lives fall apart either physically in obvious ways mm-hmm. or maybe mentally or emotionally like because we haven't been taught how to uh, there just isn't a lot of mental or, or emotional intelligence in our, our current culture I think by design so we get stuck in these patterns or what I would call programs and yeah. we're all operating out of these programs and reacting instead of actually being authentic right. actually even what that word really means right right yeah most definitely uh, yeah just compassion for everyone basically because i know i was there <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <clears throat> so uh yeah so that's real interesting and when you were doing the design you were you were were you making the the actual like the blueprints the design for different things or building stuff or just or all of the above all that stuff yeah i'm one of these weird people i i tend to I don't like specializing because I really enjoy and love so many different things. Mm. So as an artist, I never like specialized in just painting or just drawing or just sculpture. And then that's one of the reasons I got into film theater and television because I like to make the sets and I like to draft and I like to, you know, um, be in the fitting rooms with the costumes. And it's just, there was no end to me. Um, there was no 
although we use words to try to identify things so that we can have conversations with them, mm-hmm. when it's a phrase like the art of life, it helps remind me that there's no there's no end or beginning to anything. So for example, as a face and body painter, sure, there's the skin that I'm working on, but that's attached to an actual human being, like mm-hmm. a real live human being with all, all right. kinds of stuff going on. Right. What an honor to be allowed that close to a person. And then yeah. maybe I don't, what I see or what I would want to create doesn't end with the skin. Maybe I want to introduce costume elements. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe the way that I'm presenting and creating this is part of the art. Maybe the way I'm interacting with this person mm-hmm. is a form in itself as well. Yeah. Like just how gracefully can I do what I'm doing while I'm doing it? And it goes on from there. I mean, the art of life is, <laughs> there's, mm-hmm. you know, not how we just interact with each other and not just different artistic mediums, but, um, Focusing on the inner, the inner art, mm-hmm. the art of just being, right? Right, right. And so, so that, well, that's that's a good segue to your. I don't. Would you call it a company or your organization, your brand, or, or any? Or I already know you don't like any of that type of. That's way too mainstream and, and like corporate sounding. Yeah, I'm <laughs> with that. I don't, with that the whole i mean marketing is a fascinating world <laughs> and i love finding the right words yeah yeah of it it's words are so powerful um images yeah I've studied so much of that stuff um so i kind of get to these places where I, i'm able to to find an expression like the art of life and use that um to help market if you will mm-hmm. Or an idea that I think is important to me. Right. When does it become marketing? Maybe when I start selling it. But what I do in life, um, ever since I had a, a really interesting experience where I had a business stolen, I had more than a business stolen, I had a lot stolen from me. Mm. This victim mentality. And mm-hmm. um, so what I discovered was that perhaps maybe, Maybe, this is just an experiment, but maybe I don't really own anything, even Mm. if a piece of paper says I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started to operate financially differently. I started to busk Mm -hmm. in all areas. So if I find people find me when they need to, and they find me in whatever capacity they need to, so it could be face and body painting, or it could be yoga, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and then depending on what their resources are like and depending on what my resources are like, you know, either we're meant to work together or not. And some people can be really generous, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. That helps create some space and some time so that I can be generous with other people who, like me at some point in their life, didn't have a lot financially, mm-hmm. had a lot of other things to give. And I am always learning from the people that I work with, <laughs> all yeah. of the kids I work with. It doesn't matter how old they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, show the folks some of the uh, stuff you got going on. So this is your Facebook page, uh, The Art of Life, Face and Body Painting with Dylan Keg. Uh-huh. And uh, and, I, and I, I love all of these pictures that you put up of the work that you've done. 
and uh, let's let me see here. Let me get back to so there's uh the tiger. <laughs> oh wait, I didn't notice it. So there's a little picture back there. Do you have th sort of things that you've kind of worked out, and they choose which one they want? I find sometimes it's really helpful. I don't always like to do that, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's really helpful. I learned in school a long time ago that when I say the color red, not everybody thinks of the same color red. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> and uh, there's so a picture can say a thousand words really quickly. So sometimes um, I'll just put pictures out that I feel like maybe working on, but I have a little sign mm -hmm. that's think of all of these as inspiration. Mm -hmm. So sometimes uh, I find it so funny. Somebody will be interested in, in an image and I ask them why and they go, oh, well, I like the blue lips. And I'm like, oh, well, we can put blue lips on anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we jam together and I often, you know, uh, I one of the most important things I do with the kids especially is I like to get them connected to themselves and what they want and not necessarily what the parents want. So one of my tricks is to ask them what their favorite color is. Mm. Right. Look at the table. And then I will often incorporate that color into the image because I do believe that color is just as powerful as anything else like sound. It's a vibration and it can heal. And there's a reason we're attracted to certain sounds and certain colors and yeah. my understanding so far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I that it can be a very healing art form. Um, a friend of mine who's actually a, uh, you could call him a kind of a shaman or a native artist, mm -hmm. he does something called the healing brush where we actually go in with certain colors and touch on certain areas like acupressure points. Mm. So it's a whole like healing session and it's, it's divine. <laughs> it feels yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> October 31st, I, you could tell you, yeah, the, the Halloween season. Yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, all of these are so much fun. I mean, like like a musician, too, who's who's playing songs. Sometimes I'll do covers, mm. and sometimes I'll be doing my own work. And it's just, mm. there's no end to the possibilities. If I have enough time with someone, Yeah. I think anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah these, are, these are gorgeous. <laughs> Thanks, <man. laughs> Yeah, and I love the faces of the kids. These are just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the reactions, capturing the reactions, having time to take a picture uh -huh. after a face painting. Yeah. That is really nice. That's, yeah. a, that's a treat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real treat. <laughs> this one, I have, a, her. I haven't posted yet. There's so much stuff I haven't posted. Mm. I've been trying to put a few more things up more recently on uh, on Instagram but you know again I'm sort of more involved in doing yeah than promoting yeah and yeah yeah and I know what you, you so I'll tell you the way that I look at marketing because I've evolved as well you know in that because I've kind of years ago I mean since I was a child I was kind of interested in sales and salesmanship and business owning and all this kind of stuff uh, then when I got into music, I kind of thought that I was just going to leave all that stuff behind and just become this artist <laughs> and just whatever happens, happens. And I just work on my art and practice and that kind of thing. But then, you know, universe came and said, no, there's a reason that you have the, some of this business stuff and some of the sales stuff. So you got to use that, too. And so but the way I look at marketing, I, there, there's 
I kind of look at marketing in the same way that I look at educating in in it's it's different mediums totally it is different but the principle of getting of articulating an idea and implanting an idea you know it's it's like a pedag there's a pedagogy to it um, you can create you know a kind of a curriculum just based on the marketing and so that's the way that I look at it is it's it's just another medium is another artistic medium that can be used to express things to get information across uh and so that kind of took that element out of it that some artists kind of try just uh reject or push against where it's like oh no i'm i'm not i don't want to dirty up my art with all of this uh it's like well no it's it's part there's a time and a place so there is a time to sort of shut everything out and just focus in but i think when the time is right to share with the world that is also an art you know how do you put whatever it is out there uh and it also helps to develop you as a person as an and an artist because you do open yourself up for uh, for for criticism, the pot you get the positive and you get the negative. You know, you you get it all, and so it's 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 sort of a, it's almost like being a public artist as opposed to kind of like a private artist. Because I did that with my music for a while, where I just I didn't want any. I mean, I got I got so much stuff in the vault of things that have recorded that I've never put out. <laughs> that's uh, just stuff that I made for me or as part of you know working, but it it doesn't have the level that I want to share with the world yet. And so, but I, I've also learned that 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 can be a trap too, because that perfectionism then you end up not putting anything out. And so, uh, yeah, so that's, that's a balance <laughs> to try that to is balance. And that is one of the reasons why, um, I find the face painting so helpful mm. because I can't hide it away mm. if I don't like it. I have one shot yeah. with this person and they will likely remember this for the rest of their lives because I do. I remember yeah. when I was being face Right, right. So I of it that way i'm like i mm. have five minutes maybe with this person mm -hmm. and they're gonna remember it for the rest of their life and i that's a lot to put on my shoulders yeah <laughs> but hey when i forget um about dylan and trying to impress people and i actually just do say like for example that trick i mentioned mm -hmm. when i get out of my head right into my heart yeah instant access i'm connected the person in front of me is connected and then we go Right. And there's no more time for thinking about it or questioning it. And I just see what happens. And usually it's, I've gotten, I've gotten pretty good. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's been a long time. I've been face painting on and off mm -hmm. since I was a little kid. Yeah. I am still improving. I can't mm -hmm. wait to see what I'll be doing like five years from now. Yeah. It's wild. Like, now, how long would it take for you to do this? Or how long did this take for this particular? That's a pretty, pretty quick one. Mm -hmm. I'd say five minutes maybe. Okay seven yeah wow yeah all those little tiny dots <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's not too bad that one's not too bad some of them take a lot longer oh that's like three minutes <laughs> more yeah. she's squiggling around uh -huh. and getting say still long enough to get the brush on there for that you know uh -huh. that's one of my tricks oh i see and on the hand <laughs> a little flower in oh, here yeah when they're that young <laughs> yeah it's nice to do it on the hand because they don't really like when they look in the mirror, they'll then turn the mirror around and show the mirror to you because mm. 
think the image is still in the mirror. Oh, they don't wow. Yeah, quite yeah. Stand yet. Yeah. Oh, they forget it's on their face. And when they <laughs> see it on their hand, they're like, oh, nice. Right. I'm a flower. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or it also, it helps me um, judge how comfortable they are. Yeah. And you kind of sneak in there nice and, and slowly as opposed to getting right in the face, right. which can be very invasive for some people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, little Spider-Man. Oh, that's funny. Shoot, that's just something really simple, uh, right? That's like 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Plus, you know, not even. So now, is this, does this one take a little longer? Yeah, that's... That I need time for. Um... That is probably about 15, mm -hmm. maybe at 20. It depends on the on the person. Mm -hmm. Because some people are more um, gentle in the chair, more chill. Mm -hmm. And some like to squiggle around. <laughs> right. She was fantastic. Mm -hmm. she, uh, she was excellent. Her only request was just to not get too close to the eyes, mm -hmm. which was a fantastic choice because mm -hmm. it really suits her to have um, all that lightness around the eyes while yeah. it's dark everywhere else. But I love it, you know, finding the right brush to be able to do all of those strokes mm -hmm. it's taken a long time. And, you know, is the paint wet versus dry? All of these things. And uh, how long it needs to be on the sponge before it gets to the skin, before it gets too dry and I can't get it on there anymore. Right. There's so many, so many aspects to it. <clears throat> and for the large, do you use, is that all painted or do you have one of those things that sort of shoot the paint out for the for the larger area um an airbrush is an amazing tool i adore using airbrushes mm. um but usually right now my kit although i brought my airbrush with me here to halifax i haven't used it mm. i usually mm -hmm. just sponge okay. a base so that orange in the background uh -huh. is sponged on and the white is sponged on okay and go in and use particular brushes of different shapes and sizes to okay. achieve different effects okay Interesting. yeah 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 airbrush that's what that's called <laughs> said the, <laughs> the thingy that, that, that yeah there's a like a body painting um i did that's up on that site there called uh super world and that's all airbrushed super so, super world yeah mm. i had to um is that a and then create uh create the concept and then go in and, and create the stencils and all kinds of stuff. It should be on there, although I'm not seeing it right now. Is it yeah. in, a, in an album or? Um, yeah, it should be an album, but. Um, oh, this looks intense. This is the bottom. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that first bad. person there, uh, that boy costume. Uh, actually, my father. <laughs> <laughs> he won the contest and he is just a. <laughs> horrible he's such a character yeah. and uh, he did not realize that it would be like a full day of, of makeup and costume right? yeah I mean, it was it was fantastic yeah yeah wow it's uh, yeah i mean it's still like a, not a full like what i would call film costume uh, right uh -huh, I mean, right but it it's still quite a lot that went into that if yeah you had to. wow yeah. Yeah, yeah, these are great. Now, when's your next, uh, uh, so how often do you busk, and when's your next uh, appearance? 
very relative to what's going on in life. I mean, for example, that time I was doing the training and working with Earthships, I didn't go near it. Um, you know, and that was probably four, four or five months. And, uh, you know, if I'm really into teaching yoga for a while, I might, I might put it down for a little mm. while. Mm. And then I just kind of get these spurts. Like I, I really felt like I really wanted to paint a lot when I moved here to Halifax a little while ago. Mm. It's focused on, um, I'm painting almost every day now since I've arrived, and that's a that's a real treat. So mm. I'll I'll busk um, any day I really feel like it. If the weather's good, or I have uh, a really amazing, uh, <laughs> so great. There's this place here called the Seaport Market. Seaport mm. Market. Mm. I really enjoy markets because there's a community of vendors and and a community of people who are interested in, in healthy living usually. Right, that come right. To and so I get to to meet the people of Halifax and what they're up to and see what's going on, right, on that level. Right. And, um, and make friends. So I always have a place indoors, which is great. Yeah. So that's how often I'm up to it. It could be yeah. a couple of years I don't touch it. Like when my business got stolen, I couldn't even look at my paint without, mm. like just, I couldn't even look at it. It amazes me that I can, I can have so much joy for something one moment. And then the same thing, or say the same person, I can be completely repulsed by. Yeah. Like what changed? Huh. It's all it's all internal, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. External never changed. It was internal. Right. Um, so that whole experience has just been actually an, an incredible blessing, a real real juice for my unfolding. I, I have to say, I don't recommend anybody go get their business stolen. But now, wait, I mean, I, can you or can you explain what that means or what? You know, I don't want to no. dig up old wounds and stuff, but that's that's interesting. What that? What do you mean when you it was stolen? We're just talking about marketing, and I I wanted an agent. Um, mm. I didn't want to spend all of my time marketing. I know I know how much work it is. It's an incredible amount of time and energy and work. And I knew there were people out there who loved to do it. Right. And right. so it's like, okay, I just want to focus on face and body painting now for a right. while. I know I, I can be like world class and I want to go to international competitions and I just I want to do this. So um, somebody magically appeared, right? Mm. Mm. They seemed to fill the traits. But some people present themselves one way mm -hmm. when really there's something completely different mm. and I for it. it happens to all kinds of people all the time and then yeah when it seemed to me that they weren't what they promised to be I thought that all they really needed was just just real love real support maybe they never had that in their whole life mm. and so I thought that my love could fix them mm. And they, you know, so I, anything that was going wrong behind the scenes, I never let anybody know about. I'm like, I got your back, babe. Mm. We're gonna, we're gonna make this happen. Mm -hmm. No worry. And it was just a complete shock to them when I. Um... <laughs> Some people see that he just they didn't they didn't understand why I was staying. They thought it was for financial reasons or for mm. business reasons, but they didn't realize it was love. And so when I changed my mind because <laughs> mm -hmm. I was not healthy anymore yeah. um, they were really surprised about it so it's it's really interesting how I don't really think our job is to save people or that we can save people mm. it's it came the first real lesson for me in looking after myself first mm. mm -hmm. sounds so the opposite of what most people in my generation have been taught to do I mean mm. that word selfish comes up over and over again hmm. and um I'm learning to take care of myself and put myself and my needs 
above others was one of the hardest things I ever had to learn. Wow. And time and time again, man, that's, like I said, I wouldn't wish anybody to get their business stolen. (laughs) But uh, I learned such a valuable lesson and I've, I've been nothing but blessed ever since I left, you know? So, wow, hey? Some of our our pain can really turn like alchemy into gold. Yeah. Uh, We do the work that's involved to discover what's behind it all. Right, yeah. And I think that's that's a common theme that you see in a lot of different areas when people develop, later in life develop something that might have been troublesome earlier in life and uh, I mean, and I the <laughs> one example I'm thinking of, there's a lot of uh, professional fighters and like MMA fighters and stuff that they, they were picked on when they were kids, you know, and they were like beat up and bullied. And so they went and learned how to fight and then they became, you know, the best fighters in the world, you know. Um, and then, I mean, even in my case, I was, uh, it was hard for me to learn how to read, you know, and I just that pain of trying to, of everybody around me kind of seeming like they're they're able to catch on a lot quicker than me and that they're able to read and I'm like struggling just because it was too early for me I just kind of different type of timeline it didn't fit into the grade system that, that I was put into and so you know later in life once I that's one of the things I really loved about the mucus's diet because that was like getting rid of all that obstruction made it so much easier to study. And then I was able to learn speed reading on all that and kind of stuff. And, uh, then you just keep going, you know? And, and so, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's deep. Those obstructions, baby. I mean, that's what helped me, um, understand how to turn that bad experience into something beautiful. Mm. And it's, uh, eventually, because I couldn't look at my paint doing everything else in the world but painting. So yeah. I went and I, I became a snowboard instructor. Mm. I, uh, I didn't want to be in the city anywhere near this person. Mm-hmm. And what else did I do? I taught at a children's camp. I got to do everything I love to do with kids. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Yeah. I was doing outdoor adventure. Uh-huh. Oh, it was fantastic. Out in nature all the time, <clears throat> being cooped up inside all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, just, you know, life became... Uh, so open when what I had my whole ego image set on Mm -hmm. was no longer available Mm. and that was it was all ego like the idea of becoming the best face and body painter Mm -hmm. um, you know was definitely ego Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I ended up because of health reasons becoming fascinated by yoga Mm -hmm. it was such an incredible liberation for me physically and then I ended up doing my yoga teacher training and that was Wow, mm. blew the lid off of everything, and there was never any going back since then. Extraordinary. The training behind the yoga being not just the physical, like the positions, which we call asanas, but um, there's so much behind the science of yoga. Um, mm. <laughs> these people for thousands of years have been truly investigating what goes on in the mind mm. and what goes on in the emotions. And they've got it figured out. And it just blew my mind that there was um, an actual path that one could follow and get actual results from. And um, 
I can't recommend it enough. I mean, so what? So which, uh, if you were to recommend a particular kind of yoga, is there a particular tradition that you would recommend? Because you know there's a lot of stuff out there calling it calling yeah. itself yoga. Yeah, that's okay. This this gets a little tricky because what I recommend one do is not about what makes sense on paper. Like when you you know when you write out your pros and your cons, like. I was taught to do in order mm. to make a decision mm. because it's so mind-based. Yeah, um, and I made a lot of decisions in my life that were mind-based like that, that went against what I wanted to do mm. in my life because I thought I was being smart. Yeah, and they all blew up in my face. But were they wrong? No, because they got me to where I am now. If mm. I hadn't had those experiences, I wouldn't have become the person I am today. Right. So, I would suggest that there is no right or wrong choice ever in any direction. Mm. But if you wanted to, you know, ask my opinion on what yoga I love, I mm. mean, Miranda Squires, my yoga teacher, is phenomenal. Mm. She is amazing. She spent 17 years in India. Mm -hmm. And then she went to the West Coast of Canada and discovered the work by Charles Berner called Mind Clearing. Mm. And she incorporates into her program uh, what they call an enlightenment intensive and the Enlightenment Intensive was created by Charles Berner using one of his techniques called dyading. And if there's, there's any, like we call it the yoga of communication. Mm. And it's so related to Eret because it's all about clearing, removing obstructions. So in a, a really simple exercise where two people sit down across from each other at the same distance and height mm -hmm. with no distractions, they learn how to um, how to get really in touch with what's really going on for them and communicate that. And the other person learns how to listen. It's mm -hmm. not a conversation. I'm not telling you about my stuff to get your opinion on it. Mm -hmm. You are not allowed to comment on anything I say. Mm -hmm. You are not allowed to like, flick your eyebrow up. You're not allowed to shake your head. You are <laughs> not allowed to react. Uh, that alone is a lost art. Oh, and. Yeah. Um, so these intensives, we do like 12 dyads a day and we're mm. not allowed to talk the rest of the retreat. Like it's intense. And so we do, I don't know, like four years of therapy in three days. And wow. I mean, this kind of technique is not many people have heard of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. It's everybody I talk to who's ever done it. Okay, that's an exaggeration. Not every single person mm. can sit down and speak their truth and be comfortable with that. Right. That takes time. And if the person doesn't feel safe for whatever reason, they're not gonna wanna be there. I mean, getting in touch with what's really true for one is, that's a warrior. Yeah. So not everybody's ready. But if somebody's ready, <laughs> yeah. I recommend dieting. It's an incredible technique yeah. to get to part of what's going on. That's what saved me today. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up like in pain all over the place. I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. Reached out to the international diet community, had three diets done, and then I was like, oh my God, I love life. Everything's fine. I so you, like so there's an online community where you, you can do it through, through the video <laughs> chat? Yeah, thank God. Yeah, I used to uh, do it with my teacher, and we would host people at her at her center, the Lotus Center mm -hmm. in St. John's, Newfoundland. Beautiful downtown St. Mm -hmm. John's, Newfoundland. Highly recommend it. But um, thank God when I moved, I didn't know how I was going to get my diets. So uh, 
she told me that there was an international community and I reached out and I'm becoming friends with lots of these amazing folks. Yeah, it's extraordinary. I can, it's just an incredible tool out of all of the tools I've ever learned. Mm -hmm. That's possibly, I want to say if it's not number one, it's really close, really close. Yeah. I've done a tremendous amount of investigation into human psychology and, um, yeah, it's extraordinary. It's, is that I mean, the one that you said is kind of like that sounds like Sedona method? Just, kinda. just the idea I'm, of it, or in Sedona, you're getting in touch with, with what you're really feeling. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, trick, right? Like, so another um, another person I, that I like to follow, they explain uh, our emotions as kind of an arrange. So we have like say a ten mm -hmm. on one end, and we have like a zero on the other end where we're not feeling anything, and um, most of us kind of, how do I kind of say it? We're reacting, yeah. you know, Re from one to another without right. really any control over it. Right. And when we're sitting down in a diet situation and it's our turn to speak, we decide how, like, how fully do we want to express what we're feeling? Mm -hmm. You know, ramp it up a notch. We can go all the way up to a 10 and just scream and get it all out or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. It's totally safe situation mm. or we can sit there and not say anything and see what that feels like yeah we can talk about being angry and not actually sound angry and see what that right. feels like how right, far right. we get and it blows my mind mm. how literally just expressing it's such an overused word these days yeah. the word expression to actually express what we're feeling without judgment to yeah. just with curiosity, yeah, where this anger takes us, where like it's absolutely fascinating, right? Yeah, it's such yeah, a key. Yeah, These yeah. emotions that we lay, our society tends to label as negative, right? Like hate is just there because a person loves something so much. Mm. It's mm. just another end of the same thing. These emotions, when we deny them we are literally denying part of ourselves, which means we can never really truly be fully integrated, fully whole. We can't be all we really are. We are not accepting truth. We are not accepting part of ourselves. And but and in fear, because when you say like the hate, you know, I usually, I, I see more fear as a, as opposed to the opposite of love. It's like there, there's the, the, the deep fear there, uh, and fear of what you know is 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 a question for each person. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's deep. That sounds like the way I feel when when we have a good when we're playing some of the more kind of progressive jazz avant-garde free jazz which is very expressive and and very creative you know that that's like that experience for me where i come out of that like ah you know because i might have just the i had did something i was i was touched which usually sometimes when i play and i do certain things i won't think that other people necessarily get it but i was we there was this performance I did several months ago, and it's in a small, uh, it's kind of a small room where the audience is real close to the musicians. We were totally just improvising, 
and I was getting into one of my real emotional because sometimes I can kind of like scream and cry through the trombone and it does this effect and I was kind of bringing some old stuff out and there was a couple people in the audience that started crying and that almost made me like you know because he was at the end he this, this, this one gentleman was just like man he's like thank you man I you know and he's like crying I'm like whoa <laughs> you know and uh, wow like you just hit on such a main thing which is when we have when we have the courage to express ourselves authentically mm. it's, it's it's a very vulnerable thing to do especially when we don't know if this if the space is safe but right. when we have the courage to do that all we do all i have ever seen happen is that we inspire other people to do the same right yeah. instead of running around trying to be perfect like i used to mm. in my designer heels mm. Mm. it's no, the more I'm full of mud and the more I talk about the kids' puke I had to clean up and, you know, like the more real I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank God, right? Right. There's a person now. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. You know, that's, you know, tr transitioning in into your true self, uh, letting go of the obstruction in the fear, you know, the fear is obstruction. And uh, that's just a, a key, a key. And I've noticed it's a key on, on this path that I'm on, you know, mucus-free path and uh, the artist path. You know, a lot of these things are defined by uh, that element, you know, of being fearless and just doing whatever it is and expressing yourself freely and uh doing things because uh you know it's, it's just one of those things even with with me if i look on on youtube there's all because everybody is always going to be somebody saying something negative and you know when you're put yourself out here then people you know they find things they start trying to analyze you and say oh you that looks funny or you're this and that you know and someone always always has something to say about my hair or my you know they're like or what i'm wearing and like why are you dressed like that you know just i just i you know i ignore it because uh, i'm just like, like black so i can have dreads and dress like you are kin yeah, <laughs> right yeah that's that's what it's like, it's like that's, that's what you would want huh you know that's what they're saying <laughs> it's like you know and, and my thing is just um you know i'm i'm who i am you know being real by myself now there's a pedagogical decisions that I make sometimes when I'm articulating certain things, I'm careful about how I say it, not because I'm scared or I'm trying to like, I don't want to hear it's, you know, I, I want people to understand information. If I start talking in certain ways, I know that all of a sudden you turn off like a bunch of people and I'm not scared to turn them off. I just don't want to, because that's not my mission you know my goal isn't to turn everybody off uh and just say what i want it's to try to help people understand some things you know and you're, uh you're clear on what your mission is and what you want to do and therefore you're clear on who your audience is and that helps you determine how you're going to communicate with them mm. that's the only way it can go and be successful yeah and if, if you know you're only really going to care what people think and what they say um if you're not clear on that mm. And often I find what's so interesting about criticism 
and I, it happens all the time with me when I criticize something. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, that's just what I'm afraid of. Mm. That's just what they're afraid of. <laughs> right. Their fear. Yeah. Me a whole other way of looking at the situation and how to turn it around. So. Yeah. 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 It's 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 an interesting, uh, you know, constructive criticism. It's like you know the constructive criticism because that's an art. That's the art of life. You know, the art of criticism. You know, constructive criticism. Well, and as an educator, you know that's you have to do that because that's part of the job is uh, you want to say, okay, well, this, I see what you're trying to do here, but maybe let's, uh, have you have you thought about this? If you, if you think about it this way, uh, you know, and, and when writing, you know, uh, grading papers and things is, uh, is can, can be an interesting task of, of, of that type of energy. And, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an art to that because I'm, I'm not a fan of this thing that's going around with, uh, I don't know if I pinpoint a particular community or group of people, but there's, it it seems like definitely in some of the new agey kind of communities and stuff, if you want to use the terminology, but there's this, this phrase, don't judge, (laughs) It's like don't don't judge, don't be judgmental, and it's like I don't I don't like that kind of thing because now you're just scared of something. It's like let's we can't have a meaningful dialogue and conversation that's real without saying okay, well this is how I feel about it, and okay, well you disagree, okay, well let me hear your argument, okay, well cool, I, I see what you're saying, but I don't you know this is how I feel, and it, and we it, that should be that's civil. That should be fine, but people get so sensitive about these things. Yeah, they are. They're just walking around in this state of reaction, like we mentioned when we first started talking. And it, I really don't think it's necessarily their fault, mm. but it's just, you know, there is so little emotional and mental intelligence in our society the way that it's constructed right now. Yeah. So it's just, I don't expect um, truth from other people anymore. Mm. Um, and it's freed me up immensely. Mm-hmm. It's been really liberating. Really yeah. liberating. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're all just running around doing the best they can. Yeah. <laughs> things are stuck in constant reaction mode. And, you know, it's what am I going to do? Stir it all up and then leave and not give them any support? It's right. It's- <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like what I used to do years ago. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was, I would just, I would come in and sort of blow people's minds and just mess, just kind of, just break all of their stuff, and then see, okay, here's a book, and then I'd be gone. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, now if if you if you're trying to put yourself back together, now here's your book. You know, and uh, yeah. but but yeah, but then over the years, yeah, like I said, it was it became a calling of, well, you let's put this information in a way that doesn't scare people away. And if they're interested in it, they can check it out. But, but, so, uh, so with the yoga, now do you have a particular studio or do you use someone else's studio and schedule times or how, how do you do your yoga instruction? Uh, again, it's, it's really, my life is extremely, versatile mm. I don't like to get too attached mm. to uh, invested I think it's a better word in one thing yeah in one place. 
right now. I feel very called to uh, to travel and to work with certain things like the earth ships, for example, and teach yoga. And the yoga, the way that I do it is I just, I tend to try to embody it. Mm. And if people ask me about it, wherever I go, um, I'll start sharing with them what could be a practice for them. Or um, a studio might reach out and ask me to teach there. Mm. So I may be like one of the teachers on their roster. So I also will sometimes, if I want to teach my own classes, but I want to do it in, in my own certain space or setting, will find an appropriate place, mm-hmm. then have my own classes there. So it's not really like a studio that I've designed and built from scratch, but mm-hmm. at least it's a, an appropriate space that I can utilize depending on wherever in the world I am. Yeah. And my teacher, God love her, when she travels, she would often ask me to kind of hold the fort for her while she was gone for certain classes. So that was always a real honor because I just love being in her space. You know, mm-hmm. it's worked long and hard to make it really, um, really special. It's really simple, but really special. So yeah, all kinds of different ways that I teach, but I, I'm not interested in owning or running a studio at the moment. Mm-hmm. I do love the idea of there being a studio in this village. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, around. definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> you yeah. Know? But, um, there's so, when we own something, it takes our time. So I like to be really, really sure that that's where my time is needed. Right. And, <clears throat> and sometimes, you know, we can get a little too caught up in, in business. So yeah. Speak. Yeah. I've been studying more of the, uh, you know, own nothing, control everything type of, uh, even though, you know, the control everything that might turn some people off, but it's just, it's an idea of where you, you're controlling who you are, your, your space, your personhood. Uh, and you don't, you're not claiming ownership of anything. You might be a custodian of it, you know, or a trustee of it, but you don't have to, uh, own it and do ownership. I like to think it's just kind of coming through me. I mean, mm-hmm. I adore working on one-on-one, especially because then I can really like just intuitively um, pull things out that otherwise I wouldn't always be able to. Right. It's always nice when I get to like go to a person's home or they come to mine or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I mean, even a class of like 30 or 40 people at one time, there's an energy there where everyone has come to the intention is health. The intention is wellness. Mm-hmm. That intention times 30 or 40 people is an incredible thing to be in the middle of. Yeah. It's very inspiring. You know, nobody has to be doing perfect poses. Right. They're just, they're there. They arrived. They're yeah, on the map. Yeah. That's it. They put the time in, right? Yeah. Just like dyad. Nobody puts time and energy into actually being with their feelings or being with what's going on in their life. And once you put the time there, mm-hmm. all that needs to happen, the rest will unfold as it's meant to. Yes, most definitely. Well, this has been a pleasure and a privilege talking with you. Really enjoyed this. And uh, I want to, again, let everybody know Dylan is going to be giving a presentation at the second annual Arnold Eric Day celebration on July 27th. He's going to be talking about uh, sustainable living, earth ships, biotexture and uh, revealing some of our vision for an arid village uh, in the future and so uh, really excited to to have her 
and if you are don't, don't have your ticket yet for the Eric Day celebration, jump on it now. I'm, I've extended the early bird ticket pricing, so you can jump on that, uh, get that before we uh, raise the price, and uh, you know get your plane tickets going and your drive. You know, rent your car and all that stuff. Get it all ready because this is this is worth it. This is going to be worth the worth the trip. So, so Dylan, th- thank you so much. Oh no, thank you, thank you, Professor Spira. It's been an honor, an absolute honor. I am such a fan of uh, the courage it takes for you to do what you do and all the time and energy behind it. And I feel very lucky that you're in this world. And thank you for helping us celebrate Eric giving us an opportunity to actually connect with each other in person, one of the most powerful things we can ever do. So thank you. Take care. All right. And so everybody out there, I want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mucus Free Life podcast. And definitely tell a friend to tell a friend, share this video, get this information out there, do whatever you can do. Uh, to just share the love. That's all we're trying to do. I mean, we, we talk about the removal of obstruction to get to a point where the love can just flow and we got to share that, that energy, that vibration. That's, that's what we're here to do. So thank you so much. And until next time, peace, love, and breath. We are Straight. We are mucus free. We are mucus free.